0: A Podcast
1: One production. Hi, this is Charles Fairley. Welcome back to Unsung Business Heroes, where we talk to small business about big ideas. Today we're going to hear from Lillette Kalasia, who runs a bookkeeping business in the northwest of Sydney called All That Counts. Even though she's a small business, she won Firm of the Future from QuickBooks, which is a real accolade. But more importantly, Lalette's learned a lot of lessons. The loss of Lalette's father in his 50s really motivated her to help other small business operators create a better work-life balance. Let's hear Lalette's story.
0: I grew up in Thornleigh, which is the northwest of Sydney. I was born and bred um, around there. I don't know anywhere else to be home but the northwest of Sydney.
1: Fantastic, and what did your parents do? And...
0: Dad was a carpenter, he built beautiful things. He had a nickname called Charlie the Machine because he was a bit of a machine and that anything you wanted built, my father could build. And and mum was a you know, stay at home wife and mother, but she did work for many years when they migrated from Lebanon. Uh, She worked in a plastic factory, uh, night shifts, so she could be uh, at at home for the kids. There's five of us, uh, five children. Fantastic. So, yeah, she did what she needed to do, work night shift, uh, so she could be with us when we all went off to school.
1: Wow, that's dedication. That's a really strong work ethic, which is quite a current... uh, A common theme, I should say, among a lot of the people we talk to, especially with a migrant background. Yeah. You got your work ethic from them, I assume.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think you know my parents. You know, I have this saying, you know, small business. You know, we you put your family on the line when you start up a small business, and I think my dad was self-employed, and I think he did that, you know, every day. You put your your family or your life on the line, so yeah,
1: it's a risk, isn't it?
0: It's it's a massive risk, yeah. But um, I think if you have a uh, if you're passionate about what you do and you have a very strong work ethic, then that's a recipe for success.
1: Absolutely, and so your business now helps small business, which is a nice connection.
0: It does, it does, and I I think I reflect a lot on what my father did uh, in terms of. You know, the struggles he probably went through when he was um, running his business. Back then, you didn't have the technology to help you and and understand how your business was going. So, as soon as I was able to move into a position and help other business owners, I jumped at the chance. uh, Because I I didn't want to see mums and dads um, suffer like my father did, you know, not knowing Um, where his next job was coming from, you know, because when you're self-employed, that's effectively, that's the real life, that's what it's about.
1: And it's about working smarter and not harder, I guess, too. And that's where technology comes in and helps. And you're now focused on the cloud in your business?
0: I am, yes. So, um, you know, most people would think that I run a bookkeeping practice, so that's all I do. But with the evolution of cloud, We've been, you know, we are more, um, I guess, working towards digital transformation, tech adoption, uh, making sure that business owners out there are utilising the tools that are available to them to work smarter, faster and better. And we do find that, you know, the new generation, they, they get, business owners are getting younger. They don't want to do business like their mums and dads did. Mums and dads worked really hard. These business owners want to have a life. They don't want to work you know, long hours. So they want the tools, they want the devices that enable them to run their business. So that's what we try and do now. So bookkeeping is something, part of what we do, but really the future work is around digital transformation and helping other businesses who have mature workforce. We need to make sure that they're trained and skilled. And I feel that it's, I have a duty of care, and I don't know why, but I feel very strongly towards it, that I need to make sure that, you know, businesses are making use of, you know, the technology, but also training the people within their organisations, because a lot of them don't know that things can be done better and faster.
1: Absolutely. You don't know what you don't know, as they say. You don't.
0: No, absolutely.
1: And you're an advocate for global outsourcing, and I know that you've Changed the structure of your business recently? You've been going for 11 years, but in more recent years, you've changed your location of your staff.
0: Yeah, and I I think it came from a real struggle that I was having in in business. After I've I've been running All That Counts now for 14 years, and probably in the last couple of years, I've seen a major shift in not being able to retain good quality staff. Right. and, And the cost of labour continues to go up but we can't charge our clients anymore because sure. they're not able to increase their prices either. So it's very competitive. So I had to look outside of, you know, of local talent. Yep. I positioned my business, I geared it up, I had the right tech stack, everything I was using was able to be, tra- you know, was able to be tapped into from other countries. So, yeah, I ventured into the world of um, global outsourcing, and it's been the best decision. So, this is where I say my gift, my struggle is my gift because of that, because now I feel like I'm finally in control uh, and I have the right people doing the right thing. So, I still have a local um, staff here, but it's more that client interaction, it's more that, um, you know, giving the client love and doing the quality control and the value stuff that differentiates us from others in our industry.
1: Sure. And you've won some awards and you've been called Firm of the Future and all sorts of good things. you want to tell us a little bit about those? Yes.
0: So LARP 2017, we were awarded the um, Australian um, finalist uh, winner for Firm of the Future, which is a global competition run by Intuit, which is the company that um, owns QuickBooks online. And so it was out of four countries, the UK, uh, Canada, US, and Australia. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and that was based on three pillars effectively. You know, a firm that was embracing cloud technology, a firm that was also doing value-based pricing, so no longer billing by the hour, and also someone who was embracing digital marketing to build their brand and also communicate with clients and we clearly were doing that for a number of years up until that competition. So I think it positioned us to be winners.
1: Absolutely. So
0: there was that. And I've also taken out Business Person of the Year in the Sydney Hills uh, uh, Sydney Hills Business Awards, yep. Local Awards.
1: Fantastic.
0: So that was a very well, congratulations. nice surprise. <laughs>
1: yeah. You need a bigger wall to hang on those.
0: Oh, no. Look, <laughs> awards are great, but they don't define um, your real value. Sure. And I think your real value comes, you know, as to what you deliver to your clients, not awards.
1: Sure, sure. So Lillette, your father's story, can you expand on his struggles and what he went through in business?
0: Yeah, look, I think um, sometimes just because you're really good at what you do doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. And you know, that hasn't changed from when my dad was in business to businesses I see today, you know, 30 years on. Definitely. Um, so I, I'd say the struggle is, is very similar to what I see. Like I said before, you don't know, if you don't have a pipeline, and if you, you're you not out there, you know, marketing yourself effectively, but then also things like the GFC hits, you know. Um, sure, the, external factors. The practice. recession happened, mm. we went through a recession. Sure. People weren't spending. He wasn't getting the regular work that he used to get. So all of a sudden, if you've got a particular business that's giving you, you know, 50% of your work... I mean, I know the general rule, they say, you know, anyone gives you more than 80%. I would say anyone that gives you more than 30% is dangerous. Right. Because it does affect, you know, your business. Absolutely. So I think that's what happened is that, you know, he wasn't getting the regular work and that affected say his pride and ego as well that took mm-hmm. a a bit of a hit and I see that again with business owners today. Sure. You know, they will keep going and going and bleed them, themselves dry because of their ego and right. they let that get in the way. Yes. He didn't have you know, back then there was no such thing as online technology. Not even I like, say even bookkeepers existed. I don't know <laughs> back then. Right. So it was kind of like, and also there was that whole cash economy too, so you know, you would spend what you would make. So there wasn't, you weren't actually saving. We were very lucky though, Um, my dad was very responsible. We had a roof over our heads, there was no no debts, so. What
1: did you learn from that struggle though? What what did you take away that you now apply in your life and your business?
0: I think when you, if you're going to take a risk, um, just make sure you don't jeopardise your family home.
1: Very good
0: advice. So I think when I see business owners and they, you know, and they're double dipping into their family, you know, their mortgages and stuff.
1: Big credit card bills. Big credit
0: cards. You know, you know, it's okay to live a, you know, humble life. We don't need everything. And my parents by no means, you know, you know, gave us everything. We weren't, you know, kids, you know, silver spoon. You know, we didn't have a lot of things that other kids did. But... We had the essential stuff.
1: I think they gave you a lot of intangible things, though, that inspire you and motivate you and a lot of the work ethic we talked about earlier. I think
0: work ethic, um, people ethic, the way you treat people, the way you... And I think, you know, I always think to myself... And I say this to my son now, like, I don't expect you to be the smartest kid, but I expect you to stand out when you walk into a room. Sure. By your demeanour, your presence and, and how you treat other people because people will remember that. They won't care how smart you are.
1: No, they won't care what sort of car you drive. They're, those are the gifts that your father gave you and that you give to your son now. That's, That's right. A great it's, legacy.
0: Yeah, my dad used to make everyone laugh. Right. You know, he was just that kind of person. Beautiful. Just, yeah. And mum's the kind of person that people say, she's a beautiful lady, yeah. you know. she's. I'm she's, sure she is. Yeah, so, and I kind of guess I... You know, when my temper comes out, people go, oh, you're like your dad. <laughs> and when I'm nice, I'm like my mum. So, yeah, I've got a, definitely got a bit of both of them.
1: It's interesting, the imprint they leave on us, isn't it?
0: Oh, uh, it is. And, you know, funnily enough, I didn't really resonate my my childhood until I won Firm of the Future because part of, uh, I guess, the, the marketing and um, the way I had to deliver my story as to why I won, I actually had to go back to my childhood. And it wasn't you know until I started you know, writing about it that I realised what well, everything I am today is because of the ethics that my parents instilled in me.
1: That's amazing, isn't it? Mm, Fantastic. Yeah.
0: So I think when we, you know, those of us that are parents, we should, you know, we may not think we're having an impact on our children, and, but we we definitely are, and you know I've got an eleven year old boy, and you know I can see, you know even, you know a lot of the things that I do, being a business owner, doesn't necessarily always have a positive impact on on him. So
1: yes, it's a, it's an interesting relationship, watching your child develop and having that impact. So Lalev, what what were the ethics that you took from your parents? Do you think? I know we talked about work ethic, but what, what other aspects of that do you think had a big impact on you?
0: It's, it's hard to really pinpoint, and I think sometimes, you know, you do something and you think, oh, that's something my mum would have done, or, you know, I've, I'm sure, deja vu, I've seen my mum do that 20 years ago, uh, but look, I, I think it's more about, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, and I think, don't gossip, don't talk about people, life's too short. And don't dwell on things. My parents, I think, were, particularly my dad, I think he always had that, that sight to him where life is too short and funnily enough, his life was short. Wasn't it? It was very short, but yet he lived his life.
1: He crammed a lot into it.
0: He did, he did. He was a happy-go-lucky type of person. Um, he came from a family that was the same as well. And then you had mum who was very quiet. Uh, and I think mum just keeps to herself. And a lot of the times I find I, I do keep to myself. And I think that's not a bad thing. Um,
1: no, you can enjoy your own company. Yeah,
0: one of the things they did kind of, I guess, teach me, which I don't think is a good thing, so, um, is speak to only when you're spoken to. <laughs> now, we know that that doesn't work in the real world <laughs> sure. anymore. So when I had to start doing public speaking, it was a challenge for me because it wasn't in my natural state to do that because I was always raised to be respectful and only speak to people yes. when you're spoken Is to. Is that why you're a good
1: listener do you think?
0: I think so. Yeah? Think, yeah, yeah. Possibly. It's
1: very important in the business sense too, to listen to the client.
0: It's, it's the only thing we have that differentiates us from our next competitor, how we listen, uh, what I say, you know, it's, it's, your biggest, it's your biggest tool that doesn't cost you anything, is your ear. So listen, you know, and, and look for the things that are challenging them. And I think that's what I, I kind of, you know, try and take away from my childhood, is that, yeah, I was always there, I, was always, I always had to listen to my parents. So they were very strict as well. So didn't have a lot of freedom that my, you know, Friends and cousins did so. It was just the way they were. They came from a, you know, they immigrated from Lebanon, and I think they were fearful of their kids, you know, right. <laughs> you know. So I think they held on to us quite tight. Yes, it's uh,
1: not unusual, I'm sure.
0: It's not unusual, and I have no regrets at all because I think, um, you know, in hindsight, I think we've all turned out okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. How do you apply that discipline you learned as a child into your current life and business?
0: I, I think consistency is the key with discipline. Oh, I think you've you've got to be prepared to to back up what you you know say you're going to do, and do it and do it well and and do it consistently. It's no different. You say you're going on a diet or you're going to go to the gym. It's consistency. Um, You know, I I could be having a conversation with the client and I could tell them that, yes, we, we promise you that we're going to have monthly meetings with you. Now, if I don't deliver on that, that's a... You know, I need to be disciplined enough to know that we've scheduled those meetings or we've scheduled the delivery of those certain reports or if we say we're going to do something because, really, that's all we have is our word. And if you don't deliver on that, then that, to me, is discipline in the workplace... And then there's discipline in the home life. Yeah, I think <laughs> I could. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> I I've put my hand up, definitely um, need some work on that. <laughs> Maybe when he's 21, I might get it. <laughs> but at the moment, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to, to be effective uh, when you're running a business, you're trying to run a house and
1: bring up a child
0: and, and raise a child but as you've...
1: well. You've developed a system whereby you are around your son quite a lot, which is fantastic.
0: I have, I have. So I worked from a office um, for a very long time and I decided that after I you know, moved the team globally that it was time for a change and I realised that my son will be starting high school soon and we had built, just built a, a brand new home, and we built a purpose built office and thinking, you know, we'll build it for resale value with a separate entrance. Uh, But it ended up being that I decided to move into it, and it's the best thing because now I am there for my son when he gets home from school. Um, And you don't realise, now I think back and I think, wow, how did my... Because my husband would pick him up and um, bring him home. And and he does a wonderful job, but still that mother's touch you can't beat that. So when my son walks into the house and he can smell something in the oven or if he can't smell anything, he's like, you didn't make me a snack. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So it's, yeah, it's... you know
1: a, a balance with both parents, it's, isn't it? Look, I yeah. think
0: it's also... You know, I preach on, you know, using tools to run your business. It's what my business is based on now. Yes. So if I don't do that myself... You know, I, And I don't tell my clients to do anything that I don't do. So I run my business anywhere. I travel a lot. I was in Singapore last week, I actually didn't really have to run much because my team now take care of the business. Next week I'm in the US and again, same thing, I, anything that needs to be done can be done anywhere in the world.
1: And especially with technology and AI coming into play, is that a big part of your industry?
0: it's a very big part and it's an exciting part, you know, it's not something that scares me. I know there are a lot of people out there who may fight it or um, or think to themselves, uh, you know, we'll transition, you know, later on. But like I said in one of my talks last week in Singapore, the change isn't coming, the change is here. Sure. So it's, it's a matter of how you're going to do it, not when will you do it.
1: And it's the speed of change that's Accelerating,
0: isn't it? it? It's definitely accelerating, and it's becoming global as well. So it's not just it's not just here. So although Australia is probably the leading um, country in cloud adoption, particularly with
1: mobile,
0: really, even more so than the US. And I know this because I work in this space. Yes. But we're also very lucky because our government is on the forefront of technology as well. So they're also encouraging and, and putting resources into electronic uh, lodgements, and even the way we interact with them, is all electronic.
1: What do these words mean to you and what do they mean for you? Business person, businesswoman, working mum, working wife, how do you do these?
0: Personally it's an integrated mess. (laughs) (laughs) It really is um, because there is no delineation between or any of them. I think you know you've just got to do the best you can and you know and sometimes prioritizing which comes first is a real challenge particularly for a working mum.
1: You don't get a second chance at those days and times with your children, do you? You,
0: you, you definitely don't. So I, I think the best thing you can do is communicate with your children, your spouse, you know, why this is important to you. You know, it's not that it's more important than family, but it's something that drives you. And if you didn't have that, you potentially could not be the best mum. So for me it's not about choosing. And I think the way the world is evolving, I don't even think we need to choose. I think with all the tools we have, and it comes back to why I'm so, I don't know, excited or passionate, you know, wanting other business owners to know what's available so they too can live an integrated life. Um, You know, balanced? I don't know, you know, because the pendulum shifts. You know, there are some months when, you know, it's... I've got deadlines. My family won't see me any night for a week. That's okay. They understand because I've communicated with them. So, as long as you communicate, but if you just shut yourself away from the rest of the world, your family, yeah, that's when trouble happens. And also, it's not that easy on the businessman either because, you know, and I, I don't like to use the whole gender equality. It's not who I am. I believe that we do well and we succeed based on our own merits, whether you're a male or a female. I do understand that women do particularly work in mum, okay? Um, if you're a female and you don't have children, there is really nothing stopping you to progress like another male. Sure,
1: but a working mum, but, especially a single mum.
0: Yeah, a, a single mum, um, a mum with, you know, many kids, mm. doesn't really, yeah, or, you know, you could be a married woman and your husband also works, you know, ridiculous hours. Sure. So it is trying to balance balance that up. So. I do believe it's not sometimes fair that a woman has to always be the primary carer. It frustrates me sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is what it is, and like I said, we just communicate and we make the best of it. But like I said, I think as time evolves, I I think we will see more of a flexible working environment. I I think the whole employee-employer relationship changes. I don't think there'll be that stress factor where you need to be seen in an office. I think you can be multitasking. You know, you can be effective. You can be just as effective as working from home or working in a cafe. You don't have to be at a desk in a in a you know what I call bricks and mortar type building.
1: Working smarter and not working harder. So, going back to your mum and dad.
0: Yeah, that's right. You're
1: helping businesses avoid going down that path of that long hours and the hard work and
0: Well, I think we also seem to forget that we work so hard but for what? You know, sure. what are we working for? Pleasing our clients? Sure. But are we pleasing ourselves? And I I strategically earlier, you know, this year, I downsized. I actually I culled some clients because I got to the point where I got fed up putting them first. Sure. And they weren't appreciating the value that we were providing. So I think that we'll see more of that as well. I think we're going to see more consultants, professional-type services pick and choose who they work with.
1: Being selective?
0: They will be selective. So no longer is, it, is it, are we going to see professional services taking on anyone. So if I want to work with a, you know, a consultant of any kind, like a, a social media consultant, I'm sure that if I'm not the right fit, he's going or she will say no. Uh, we don't we don't want to work with you. Yep. Or if I'm really going to we're seeing screw at- them on price, excuse the French. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, they might not, you know, they might not say, well, you know what, she doesn't value what we do on the onset. So I don't think she's, go- she's going to give us more trouble. So I think we're going to see more of that. We, we will see people just shift in and going, we're better off working with a select few clients and good clients. Yes,
1: yeah, so I think part of that, when you say good clients, is being able to just select on the ethics of the client, too. We're seeing a lot more of that come into play, yes. aren't we? Yes. So you can make a choice.
0: Totally. I guess it comes back to my upbringing, the ethics that I was raised with. And, you know, I'm the business owner and I pick and choose who I want to work with. Now, if I have a staff member who is working really well with the client and I don't see eye to eye with, then I might let that go. But mostly I've decided that, you know, gone are those days where. You know, I need to be everything and for everyone because I can't be. I have a particular style, the way I work, and a particular service that I value. So,
1: Lillette, what advice would you give to someone in business? Because I'm hoping a lot of business people are listening to this. But for people who, in particular, are struggling with their business, they might be starting up, they might be starting out again, Uh, they could be starting over in a new role. What advice do you give to those people to help them?
0: The one thing I see a lot of business owners, what they don't do, um, particularly when they are starting up, they don't go out there and seek the right professional advice. Mm -hmm. They don't budget for that. They believe that, can't afford it, I have no money. And my advice is don't start a business if you don't have enough money to go seek professional advice. Right. And when I talk about professional advice, I'm talking about an accountant who's not just focused on your compliance stuff. Okay, I'm talking about someone who can actually help you strategize, put together a business plan, put together a budget, a cash flow, because clearly you're not going to have sales when you first start up. What's that going to do to your savings? What's that going to do to, um, you know, what are your expenses are going to be like? And budget for those things. I get a lot of, you know, people ring me and go, I've just started up a business. I, I need some training in, you know, in the software, my accounting software. Great. Okay. All right. Well, just because I train you does not mean you'll know how to use it. You can show me how to change a tire, but I won't know if it's screwed on properly or not. Be, you know, or, or lots of other things. You sure. know, you could show me how to cut someone up and do heart surgery, but I don't know if I'm cutting the right valve. Hmm. And, and people don't. Business owners don't appreciate, you know, the training that these people have done with and a lawyer as well particularly if you're going into partnership with someone when you go into partner with with someone always know how you're going to exit as well yes. so there so if you're in a partnership that's really really important when
1: you go into business you need to know how you're going to exit exactly
0: in. what's your success you know exit strategy yeah you know, those things but you know but starting up get the right advice you know budget for that when you go for a bank loan Make sure you've done a budget of all these things that's going to cost you. Ring around, what will it cost you to get a consultant who understands all the technology that you need to use? Uh, What's it going to cost you for an accountant to help you put together a business plan or even a business coach? I don't like to use the term business coach because, and I'm sure this will get a lot of people offside, (laughs) but if you are going to hire a business coach find out what businesses he or she ran that were successful.
1: I hope you enjoyed our chat and got some really great tips, both for business and for life. Don't forget to have a look at unsungbusinessheroes.com.au and check out all our videos on YouTube. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. All these stories are available in our second book, Unsung Business Heroes, which is available right now. And if you'd like to get a free notification every time there's a new Unsung Business Heroes episode, just hit the subscribe button. Unsung Business Heroes was presented by me, Charles Fairley, in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app, or search for Unsung Business Heroes on iTunes.